The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright, and we're Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. <laughs> Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Potterhood Podcast. I'm Nico White. I'm Oposnan. And this is which episode of the quarantine series? This should be uh, three. Episode three, right? In case you don't know, that voice was the one and only best podcast producer in the world, Mr. Max Marcus. We don't have um, sound, of, sound effects for a round of applause, but we need, we need to get one. Just for you, buddy. You <laughs> earned it. You I, get, I, can, I, I just always throw it in for myself. Look at that. See, yeah. I'm telling you, Will, we, we spoil you, bro. We really got the best one. We, we got do. the best I podcast producer. But not only do we have the best podcast producer, we are very, very, very happy to welcome to the Potterhood Podcast somebody that's been rocking with us since episode one. It's a pleasure to have her on. Ladies and gentlemen, clap at home for the one and only. Hippie Witch. Hello. Hippie Witch, how are you? I am awesome. How are you? We're awesome. Well, I am. Good. I can't speak for Will. Will, how are you, buddy? I'm great, too. I'm just imagining people at home. They didn't think this was going to happen. They didn't know that we're just, you know, a, a couple messages, a couple corrections away. <laughs> yeah. To anybody that listens to the podcast now, there's, of course, there has to be certain criteria because we're really like 39 episodes in. You know, and hip, Hippie's been with us the whole way through. You know, you can't just come in and jump on an episode. But the one thing that I appreciate the Hippie Witch for is that she always found a way to have a nice word with her feedback whenever she was correcting Will, whenever she was correcting me. She's brought up some great topics. So it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, oh. Before we get to sorting, this is different than how we usually start. What started you in the Harry Potter and how deep was the impact for you? I actually got into it a little later on. I think it was around um, the Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe I was just kind of flipping through TV and it was on. And I'm like, oh my God, what madness is this? I love it. So <laughs> once I watched that, I went back and started the books and I was just hooked. And every time a new one came out, I would start from the beginning reading, catching up, and then just going. So I've read them numerous times. My gosh. So would you say you're a bigger fan of the movies or are you a bigger fan of the books? Definitely the books. I, I, had, I had a feeling. I had a yeah. feeling that that would be the case. Yeah. Um, Will, how did it start for you? Do you remember when you got into Harry Potter? Yeah, I remember that uh, 
my fourth grade classroom, we had the books in our library. We had the first three books were out at that time. And the third book came out. I didn't, I'd never heard of Harry Potter. And then the third book came out and it was made a very big deal about that. We got a copy in our classroom. So somebody got the third book out of there immediately. And in the fervor, somebody else got the first book. Like, I want to get into Harry Potter. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get the second book. Then my teacher was like, what are you doing? You're not starting at the second book. So then I got the first book after that person. There you go. See, the way y'all started isn't bad at all. When I seen it in school for the first time, I thought that Harry Potter was a religion. And you want to know why? (laughs) Because the books look so much like Bibles to me. Mm -hmm. You know, they had that like, awkward kind of moss-like coloring on them. Because the first book I ever saw was Goblet of Fire. So when I looked at the book, I'm like, yo, somebody left like a Bible slash coloring book. Then when I opened it and saw it was just words, I was really disappointed because I I really wanted wanted the coloring. I thought about that, but the British books are so understated, but the American books do look like religious texts. Oh, you mean the Americans overdid something? (laughs) (laughs) That's shocking. (laughs) But now, having said all that, right, how many years has it been for you now being a fan of things Harry Potter? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. Long time. I'm I'm a bit older than you guys, so um, I've already had children when I got into it. So, um, well, since the third movie. Oh, how how dope was that? Because the dead did. Mm -hmm. What's that? No, it's all you. It's all you. <laughs> oh, I sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, since the third movie, as soon as I saw the third movie, I was hooked. And how soon after that did your kids get into it, if they ever did? Well, I got them right into it. Now, um, my daughter is 22. My son is turning 18 next month. He's kind of gotten out of it, but mm-hmm. my daughter is just as crazy about it as I am. I love that. Yes. I, I love that. We get, we got to send them something when the pandemic is over, yo. Like uh, a, we're going to make t-shirts or something, send it to I the kids. I was thinking that, that you guys should have t-shirts. That would be amazing. But we, we would have to, um we'd have to probably be careful because I'm not trying to get into copyright trouble with Miss Rowling. Oh, true. <laughs> but for your podcast. Right? Yeah, we have our own logo. We can do, she can't take that from us. Also, no. I don't think... J.K. Rowling would sue, like, anybody. She doesn't yeah, seem like... Yeah, no. Person, you know? Yeah, I don't think so either. Especially not two very broke comedians. She'd spend <laughs> more money on lawyer fees <laughs> than we'd be able to pay her in a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, that would so, be a productive use of her time. Now, having said all that, you're now officially a member of the Potterhood Podcast. You can come back whenever you'd like. Now oh, we're going to get started into regularly scheduled programming. Will, who are we sorting? Okay, so uh, I have a I have a little daughter, and uh, she's really into mermaids. So I thought, uh, in honor of her, we can sort mermaids to open this up. Just, we gonna just, just the mermaids, just mermaids. Okay, so if it were up to me, just from what I know about mermaids, they're enchanting. They're a little bit devious, and if you know anything about Ariel, the Little Mermaid, you already know a lot more than me because I don't know shit about it. I never watched the movie, but. For me, I'm going to put the mermaids as a whole in Slytherin. Why? Because mermaids, believe it or not, 
at least in the um, stuff that I watch outside of Harry Potter, like Japanese anime and stuff like that, mermaids are always used for their beauty, right? The authors kind of have them. They're always good people, but on top of being good people, they're very seductive, you know what I mean? They're very shrewd. And I don't think that those are bad qualities. I actually think they're very good qualities all in how you use them. So I'm sorting mermaids as a whole into Slytherin. However, I'm, for the most part, saying that they're good Slytherins because there's, I hate that misconception that in order to be evil, you have to be in Slytherin. Here's what I love about Nico. I was worried that he was going to be like, whoa, mermaids, why would you choose something out of my, like that I'm not as, it's not in my realm of expertise. And instead, he just gave like a poetic description (laughs) of mermaids. I'm a whole nerd, bro. I'm a whole nerd. That's that could be in the Museum of Mermaids. I'm down if there's a Museum of Mermaids. I doubt that there is. There's no. I'm not going to be able to top your description, but I'm putting them in Bobaton for all the reasons you said Slytherin. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I'm curious. So now, hippie, where you putting the mermaids? What house? I am actually putting them in Slytherin as well. And oh, okay. because of the, the same things you said, the beauty, and I feel like they use that to kind of lure people into to their will. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yeah, Slytherin. And see, when it comes down to the houses, I, I personally like to think that I would be in Slytherin. What house have you been sorted into on um, Pottermore? I am a Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Ah, see, staunch opposite. We wouldn't even hang out in the common room. You nope, know? would not. Darn shame. So and you're a Ravenclaw? This podcast wouldn't even be able to happen. So I, uh, <laughs> I know the perfect question to ask uh, in regards to your Gryffindorness, which is what's the most Gryffindor thing you've ever done? Oh, geez. <laughs> it might not be the perfect question, but as a Ravenclaw, I felt like it was when it was in my brain. <laughs> no, I, I got you right now. I know for me, the most Gryffindor thing I think I ever did was um, I was stopped and frisked once, right? So I'm coming. <laughs> now, that wasn't the bravery, but I'm coming home and I just checked my mailbox, right? And we had the cable bill and a couple other things in there. So I'm walking up the stairs. I live on the fourth floor. And between the third and fourth floor, this cop comes out, but he's in plain clothes, right? So he just says, get, some, get on the wall. So I'm assuming like, yo, this dude is trying to rob me. Then when the other plainclothes cop comes down the stairs and the cop that was behind me grabs me, I kicked off of the um, stairs and off the staircase and we went tumbling down, right? Now, thankfully, nobody got hurt. But it's the most Gryffindor thing I've done because that was wildly irresponsible. And if, yes. the, elder, and if the elderly people weren't at like the bottom of the stairs looking up because they heard the commotion, those cops probably could have killed me. You know? Yeah. So for... For as McGonagall put it, sheer dumb luck. Your boy definitely could have been a Gryffindor that day. Yeah, that was, thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness. I could have been all over the, um, you know, Twitter as a hashtag, which kind of sucked for me. Yeah, instead you're hashtag Potterhood. That's a way better hashtag than R.I.P. Nico. A hundred percent. I just don't want, like, (laughs) I'm not even worried about R.I.P. Nico. That's one thing. but. I wouldn't want people to get the wrong idea because they never use your first name when this stuff happens. They usually use your last name. My last name is White, considering our president. I don't want to inspire the wrong kind of energy. (laughs) 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 So Uh, this was something that 
I don't know if we've done on the pod in a minute, but you didn't let Hippie Witch say her most Gryffindor thing. Oh shoot, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think um, I'm kind of I know on the spot, but I'm thinking I'm a bit of a know-it-all. If you I don't know if you've noticed, so um, I do correct people quite often. I'm kind mm-hmm. of like Hermione. In Hermione. That way. Yes, I'm very much like Hermione. Okay, so yeah. now being being like Hermione, how do you think you'd be able to? would you be able to hang out with somebody like Hermione? Because it's one thing to be the know-it-all in your, in your group, but to hang out with somebody that's also a know-it-all, in my experience, has been really, really kind of productive. How would you I feel absolutely, No, I could, absolutely, because I like, not only do I like learning, I like learning from other people as well. So mm-hmm. I feel like Hermione would have a lot to teach me, and I would be more than happy to listen to her. Wonderful. Now, this is something that I've thought about Hermione and Will. Tell me where you are on this, right? Do you think Hermione becoming Minister of Magic when she does, do you think that's like the right destination for Hermione? Because after giving this some thought over the last couple of days, in my mind, I, I think Hermione should have been Headmaster of Hogwarts. I agree with you. I think that um, a couple of them have the complete wrong jobs for them. Really, all three of them have terrible jobs for them. And I will give you my other two terrible job instances mm-hmm. after Hippie Witch quickly does her Gryffindor moment. Shoot. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that was it. I'm a know-it-all. That's my Gryffindor moment. Oh, just correcting people. I think correcting people. Oh, I'm in the wrong. I can't think of anything else. That's the only thing that's coming to my mind right now. So. Oh, no. You do a lot lot of stuff more Gryffindor than that. Like, watch this. Would you die for your children? Absolutely. Lillian James. Not even a question. There you go. Yeah. You're, the, you're Lillian James. That's yes. the most Gryffindor thing that you could do. Probably, you know yes. I mean? yeah, absolutely. But most people don't want to just announce that from a mountaintop. <laughs> I understand being like, yeah, oh. that's <laughs> Right, yeah, I forgot. Y'all both parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I was going to say for my most Gryffindor thing that I got in a fight with a bodybuilder in high school and he threw me through a fire extinguisher glass case. <laughs> sound, sound more like a victim thing than a Gryffindor. <laughs> no, it was some Neville shit. <laughs> you know what? Let, let's let's dig into Neville a little bit, man. What, Hippie, where does he fall in like your top 10 Harry Potter characters? If he falls in the top 10. Oh, yeah. No, no. I love Neville. He's, um, he's up there. He's probably in my top five. Top five. Okay. So round that out for me. What would that look like? What do you mean? The top five. So Neville would be there. Who are the other four? Do you know? Um, Hermione, for sure. Professor McGonagall, uh, Dumbledore. How many is that? Sorry. That's three. That's you cool. go. Um, Molly Weasley. Okay, that's five. Per- Nobody ever mentions Molly Weasley in these kinds of things. I love Molly. Yeah. What do you, what's one thing about Molly that you don't like? Hmm. I can tell you. For me. Yeah, what's, what's yours? For me, the one thing I don't like about Molly Weasley is just how sweet she is. You would think somebody that's had her past and everything she's been through would be a little bit more grizzly. I don't need her to be Mad-Eye Moody. You know what I'm saying? But there was, um, there was a certain... She, believe, she believes that people are responsible for managing their own pain, and she holds herself to that standard. I think that's the difference between her and Mad-Eye in that respect. Fair enough. But she also, she holds her own as well, though. Like when she's, um, when her and Sirius kind of go at it there mm-hmm. in um, the Order of the Phoenix, she stands up to him pretty well. 
I, I think the truest Gryffindor. I mean, if you really think about what a Gryffindor is. Oh, wow. You're right. Who's, I mean, I, I can't think of anybody who's willing to sacrifice more for the side of good. And she was ready to fight Voldemort at Hogwarts. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, she's, she's not a punk. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. Um, no, that's Jenny. <laughs> is a punk what i'm what i'm saying is molly weasley right she lost her brothers to this whole thing you know what i'm yeah. saying then she also lost her husband so at least in the movie it didn't make sense to me how like because the actress that played her i thought was perfect casting yeah. but the way that she was playing molly and i guess it makes sense for the narrative where molly starts off kind of nervous when she's going against bellatrix and for me that just didn't make sense because in the book that didn't seem like the case. It didn't seem like Molly was any weaker than Bellatrix. It, in fact, scarily, scarily enough, it looked like it looked like Molly was just as good of a duelist in the you know in battle, just as good, if not better, than Bellatrix was. Or do you think Bellatrix pulled this uh, serious and got overconfident? Um, she definitely got overconfident, but I do think that Molly can hold her own. I think she's just as good. Yes, 100%. I agree. So when it comes down to the paranoia that I mentioned earlier, right? When you look at somebody like a Mad Eye Moody, that's an extreme. But maybe not as, as extreme as Mad Eye, but maybe as careful as Dumbledore, you know? Only yeah. because she had so much to lose. Like everybody else really only had maybe five people close to, close to them to lose. And when I say close, I mean like family. Molly Weasley and Arthur Weasley had like what 12 people they needed to worry about yes. that were their kids and Nico, that's how I, I think the difference between i think me and you are probably wired like dumbledore in this respect i think that molly is a way better way better at grieving than dumbledore i think that she had a higher emotional intelligence than him and she was able to emotionally recover from losing her brother also her losing her brother, it wasn't her fault her brother died. It was Dumbledore's fault that his sister died. So the grieving process is going to be a little different in that respect, too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you surprise me with how deep you can get with some of this stuff. Because <laughs> the one thing I wasn't expecting to hear today is Molly Weasley is emotionally stronger than Dumbledore. And I agree with you. I'm just saying, I'm just complimenting you because I wasn't expecting anything that deep. So... Funny enough, we've basically improv this whole first section. Will, <laughs> take us into our actual next topic, bro. Okay, well, before I do have to circle back to uh, one tease that was promised. I said that I would, because I, and I do want to talk about this, and I want to ask Hippie which if she agrees with this. Um, I thought you made a great point about Hermione being, because Hermione would be a, is a great minister of magic, but she would enjoy being the professor of Hogwarts or the, uh, the, what do you call it? The headmaster, the headmistress of Hogwarts. Yeah. More, she would get rid of the term headmistress. A hundred percent. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Head person. She would be the first ever head person of Hogwarts. <laughs> head, head, head witch in charge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would just be the acronym HWIC. I feel like, though, I feel like Hermione would get annoyed because I feel like kind of the way that she took up for the house elves, I think that that kind of thing is just in her. It kind of goes back to that first year of her being annoyed at all and kind of not knowing where to input herself in some certain, in some certain social situations. 
But the one thing about Hermione's character that I thought was done better than any other is that throughout the books, throughout the movies, and throughout the years, Hermione became more and more seemingly self-aware, you know, and she started to handle everything that was like personality-wise that might not be perfect about her, and she started to make it better. Like her being a know-it-all, she kind of gave Harry and Ron their own room, even though they knew she was the only person capable of really making the plan. They gave her her space and she gave them theirs, intellect-wise, which is something that she wasn't capable of in the first book. Agreed. Um, Just for emotional age, I think she doesn't get the credit that she deserves. And I think that her growth is specifically why she would have been such a great uh, person to be in charge of Hogwarts. And it could be, uh, you know, I, I imagine that there were term limits in the wizarding world. So it could be that she, after she was Minister of Magic, she became that. But I think that Harry, we've talked a lot about how Harry uh, chose the wrong career for him becoming mm-hmm in horror and i think that harry similar to hermione where it's like she would just enjoy being at hogwarts more because it's a more um childlike vibe i think harry should have went the quidditch player route what do you think about that hippie which do you think that yeah, yeah I, I agree i agree harry should have been a quidditch player and hermione with her love of knowledge would have made a much better headmistress i think than the minister of magic a hundred percent because it's right. like you you take somebody that's that's that smart. Look, man, I don't like our president being our president, but I don't want our president to be Hermione level smarter than me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then I feel like I can never get that job. So I think I think she definitely would have made a great teacher. You know what's funny? I think Hermione would would have made a great, even though this is a hundred percent against her character. In fact, this is more Luna Love's good than anything else. I think she would have made a great um divination teacher if she would have decided after a while, after being in the ministry and going back and getting into that one thing that she wasn't good at. That's so funny. Mm. And then just becoming great at it. That's just, that's just how I saw it in my How do you think her, when they were in the uh, chamber, when they were in the, uh, the Bureau of Secrets, what's it called, Hippie Witch? <laughs> <laughs> Which part are you talking about? You know, when they go to fight, find the prophecy in uh, Order of the Phoenix. Men of Mist. Yes, the Department oh. of Mysteries. That's right. Yes. <laughs> no. Okay. No. It's not as easy when you're doing this yourself, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. No, the, the, the funny part is that I said is that you make, you make them nervous. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll, we'll, be che- we'll be checking the uh, inbox. Like, All right, so, so I say not wrong this week, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so when they were there... Uh, Hermione, look, everyone look, look was, at you. <laughs> everybody was uh, nervous about Death Eaters. Hermione was probably the only one who was like, noticed, she was blown away by the fact that prophecies were real. Like, I bet yeah. that, that moment was probably very impactful on her to oh, be wrong yeah. in such a major way. Yeah, yeah, I get you. You're saying because she thought Chironi was a quack the whole time. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know what's funny about that is that all that happened in the same movie and Hermione became Minister of Magic, right? And she had her moment of, oh, that thing that I thought was complete BS is actually true. Then Fudge comes in later as Voldemort is leaving and he too has to find out, oh, yeah. the thing that I thought was BS was true and they both had time as Minister of Magic. Oh, wow, yeah. 
J.K. Rowling, the triple genius. I'm glad y'all here, man. I'm having a good day. That was amazing. Yeah, we worked it out. Will, to anybody that's listening, by the way, um, I just wanted to share some good news, which is, A, uh, you know, the infection rate seems to be going down here in New York. You know what I'm saying? So you have reason to smile as much as you have reason to be worried. So keep that in mind and back to the show. What's next, bro? Okay, well, uh, I was thinking, remember a few episodes back when we said which uh, characters we relate to at our best and at our worst? Uh, I really like that segment, and I was thinking that uh, we could ask Hippie Witch, because I just think it's such a interesting thing for a person to look at themselves and go, oh, I think... 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, Hippie, I'm, I'm going to actually give you a couple minutes to think about it if you need it. If you're ready to start, you can go right ahead. Um, for me, actually, my answer has kind of changed a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, well, that's interesting because by the pandemic. Say that, say that one more time clear so we can have it clean. <laughs> Was it changed by the pandemic? Yes, 100%. So, on the first day of the pandemic, when they started to like, you know, home in, home in, whatever they call it. I don't, I don't know the terms. But when they started the quarantine here in New York, I had a lot of gigs that just went poof. You know what I'm saying? When we're talking lost, and I'm not lost, but postponed an amount of money that would have been very, very, <laughs> very, very nice. Right. Mm-hmm. So that Monday, I had like an emotional breakdown. You know what I'm saying? So in that emotional breakdown, I noticed at my worst, I can be a lot like Lupin, right? Kind of closed off, embarrassed of what you're feeling because you're feeling it and you feel like it's only happening to you. And you try to get around people that it's also happening to, but you're not really able to open yourself up enough to appreciate the love that's coming your way. And when I was thinking about this topic, it really reminded me of um, Lupin and Tonks in the book where Tonks is basically like, yo, let me love you. And he's like, no, no, I don't deserve it, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of where I was. Like, people are like, yo, man, like, if you need help, I got you. And I'm very against that. You know what I'm saying? I don't like asking, I don't like needing help. But it was eye-opening because it's something that you don't get to see in yourself a lot, you know? So definitely at my worst during this whole thing, I got very, very looping. But at my best, believe it or not, I think in this whole time, at my best, like when I'm having the best days, like today, my um, person would be McGonagall, believe it or not, because my mind is clear, quote unquote, clear meaning I understand and I don't expect any help, right? So I'm not looking for the, like I filed and all that, but I don't plan on the unemployment working out much like McGonagall probably didn't plan for the school year after um, Half-Blood Prince to be as joyous as the previous year. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And knowing there's certain things that you're going to have to do, you know, to make sure everything is right and that the people you care about are safe. So knowing that, uh, I'm definitely picking McGonagall. I, the only thing I'll say for me, and that was very well said. The only thing I'll say for me is that uh, I've been spending a lot of time as Xenophilius Lovegood during this pandemic. 
<laughs> yeah, you have. You were starting to look like him, too. <laughs> Just babysitting 24-7 and being like, this is all I got, and this is worth a lot more than me. A hundred percent, but there's nothing wrong with that. You know, and no, nobody's, nobody will ever say these words to you, bro. Oh, man. Ever since the pandemic, will change. Oh, yeah, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, he just came, became a good dad, man. Like, <laughs> I think you'll go down to history very well for what you're doing right now. Well, thank you. No doubt. Pippi, do you have um, your choices yet? Yes. At my best, I'm going to say Hermione again. I'm very much like Hermione. I am a problem solver. I love mm-hmm. doing things for myself. I like learning. And I also like to help other people do the same. I like to encourage other people. Mm-hmm. to be the best they can be so would you say there's like is there any particular moment where you can say like okay that one like was it what are your kids going through something was it like uh whoever you were dating going through something you helped get them through it or they didn't know how to do something you taught it to them like your well, version in- of Hermione with like with try, uh, your, try your version of audio <laughs> 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 In my household, it's an everyday thing. Everybody comes to me. They all come Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. And I not only like tell them this is how it should be done, but I like to teach them so they can do it for themselves, even though they prefer me to do it for them. But I do like other people to know how to do things for themselves as well. So you're like Wingardium Leviosa, Hermione. (laughs) 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 Yes. You're doing it all wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Who are you when you're at your worst, would you say? I have to say I'm kind of like Bellatrix. I, when I'm not in a good mood, I can be very petty. I could be mean. I could be taunting. For some yeah. Do you have that one person you won't cross that? I lost you guys. Oh, no, you're good. Oh. You're good. He asked, do you have that one person that you won't cross? You know how, like, Bellatrix has Voldemort? Who do you have? Uh oh, I think she might not care, bro. I think <laughs> I think anybody could get it. I think that we just lost the connection for a second. Oh, okay. No, can you hear me? Yes. Hear yeah, Hello? now we can. Oh, I got you back. Yep, you here with us? Are you there? Yeah, I'm still yes. here, and you're still here. You sound good. Um. Oh, I just one- want to see real quick. Uh, wait. Hello? So, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, good. Got you. Okay. I want to. Will, are you on a laptop or a phone? Yes, I'm on a laptop. Okay, I'm not no, sure what. Laptop. Okay, cool. Probably is like microphone might be rubbing against the shirt or something. All right, cool. Let's All uh, right. let's continue. Let's do that. So, with um, when it comes to Bellatrix, I've noticed a lot of people that pick Hermione. Usually, that's almost their go-to, right? But like the the thing is, here's here's someone else I could really get like when I'm doing bad, but not pandemic bad, a different kind of bad. If you cross me, I can definitely get very very much. What's her name, Dolores Umbridge? Where it's like, okay, mm. now I see right, and I know that's your initial feeling when you hear it, but I promise you, I can make it redeemable. Because the one thing about Dolores Umbridge, and we talked about this in a previous episode, is that. She's evil, 100%, but she's loyal to the squad that she's playing for. 
Whoever's the minister of magic, that's who she's rocking with if he's a little bit corrupt, right? So for me, if you do something that goes against my team, my team being my family, right? Then I'm willing to do everything that I might have to do to make sure you can no longer, you know, oppose my team. Because my team, my family means the most to me. So for that reason, I don't think to become a little bit of Dolores Sunbridge, be a little bit unruly, is all way a bad thing. But I said earlier, I'm an admitted Slytherin, so don't judge me too hard. <laughs> no, that's but a good point, though. Very good point. I think that uh, the dis- there's a distinction, though, between, like, Umbridge's team is a faceless corporate, not a corporation, but an organization. It's a faceless organization, whereas... Being loyal to your family to the point of violence, that's more like Aberforth Dumbledore. Right, right. Fair and enough. I do think you have a lot of similarities with Aberforth. Uh, just as long as I had the tragedies he had. That dude had <laughs> top 10, probably not worst life, but most disgruntled. It's like him, Filch. Um, but they, have, they both have the same exact life as Hagrid, but Hagrid's happy. But but see, bro, that's the difference. And see, to the people listening, I hope you can understand this, which is money mo- Money can help you acquire happiness, but it doesn't make you happy, right? Mm-hmm. Because you look at some of the people that we name, look at Lucius Malfoy. I'm, I'm, I'm sure plenty of people don't have as much wizard money as Lucius Malfoy, but he's yeah. miserable. He's yeah. miserable. He can't enjoy any parts of his life. You know what I'm saying? He he spent a good amount of his life as Voldemort's bitch dog in front of his son. All the riches in the world, I'd rather live like Hagrid than have to be belittled in front of my child. You know what I mean? For any amount of time. Yeah. Matter of fact, hippie, you're a mom. Could mm-hmm. you have been? Could you have been Narcissa Malfoy? Could you have put up with that? Or what was going on? No, no, absolutely not. So when Voldemort said, hey, I'm coming over to stay, you a deaf eater, what you tell him? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, what um, would Molly Weasley tell him? Molly Weasley would be like, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That's, and the, reason that's that, the dilemma, right? The reason that I asked y'all that is for that reason, because as parents, and you know that, right? You know there's a chance that Voldemort could just straight up murk you. He can get you out of here and Mm -hmm. nobody would be able to tell what happened, right? They'll just know that you died. So if he approaches you, is it then advantageous of you to say no and get killed or to act like you joined them and maybe go that route? But in order to do that, you have to be okay with ignoring and taking a part in a lot of evil. Bro. You got to go the Xenophilius Lovegood route of just your house is so dirty and uninviting that no one cares what side you're on. You might be right, but they still got Luna. (laughs) No, that's true. It didn't work. Still got Luna, so I'm not letting y'all run from this. What would you do? (laughs) No, you're right. You're right. I think you would have to go Mm -hmm. along with You do anything to protect your kids. So obviously, if uh, Voldemort comes to you, he's not only going to kill you, he's going to kill your whole family. Yep, and knowing him, he's going to kill them first. Exactly. Just so you can suffer. Mm -hmm. I think you do the the French resistance thing of, yeah, you, you, uh, you, what do you call it? You surrender initially, but then 
once you've settled in and you know that your kids are safe, then you do guerrilla warfare against the evil entity. But see, mm-hmm. this is what this is what I love about questions like that because I oh good cough. Four twenty was two days ago. But here's the beauty of it, right? Because I'm talking to two parents, and will I know personally and hippie, I can tell just by listening to you how passionate you are about being parents, right? Because the initial and the truest response was your first response when you both were like, nah, I'm not doing it, right? Then when the Mm -hmm. caveat is added, what's interesting to me is to hear, like, to the people that are listening, go back a couple seconds and hear when they both both said it after I explained Voldemort's probably going to kill you and your children. You You could hear that gear turning in your parent minds of, holy shit, he's right. And then I I kind of felt you both weighing the world and weighing your child and the child weighing a lot more than the world did. You know what I mean? Which I think is honorable. Because your child is your whole world, right? A hundred percent. So now let me ask you this. Were either of the Potters, Lily or James, then irresponsible for how they went out? Even though, but I guess they would be a mark for death, so it might not matter either way. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the one I'm actually maddest, maddest at is Dumbledore. Like, for, oh, right, 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 right. We talked about that a lot. Yeah. Okay. You're mad at Dumbledore, but I don't, I don't know, man. I feel like there's a way they could have got out of that. To this day, I feel like there's a way they could have got out of that. Because I feel like Lily could have lived, because Snape had already made the, um, he had already made like the plea for her, right? But yeah. again, Vol- she's not just gonna let you kill Harry. So I guess there is no way for them to make it out alive. Yeah, the, it's it's kind of it's kind of strange. The Potters were throughout the whole series kind of a very unlucky family, family almost more so than the um, Longbottoms, if you think about it. I mean, they never should have been friends with the Pettigrews or with Peter Pettigrew. I mean, I don't know how the rest of his family was. I'm imagining it's like SpongeBob where all of them look the same. <laughs> oh, I also owe, any, um, what's it called? Any, oh my God, hold on. Give me a second. Here we go. I, I have to apologize to anybody who are fans of James Potter because for the longest time, I've been saying that James Potter was an horror when Voldemort Mosey didn't kill them. He wasn't an Auror. He was just a member of the Order of the Phoenix. He didn't live to get old enough to become an Auror. I, I didn't know this nigga was 21 in the, in the books the whole time because they had a 50-year-old playing him in the movies. <laughs> that made no, did, the, did the parents of the Potters cast, like, did the casting make, make sense to you, Hippie? Um, yeah, I think so. They were pretty much the way I pictured them. Really, I don't know, man. When I when I looked at him, I was like, "Yo, these people are wild old." They're supposedly well, James. Yeah, James. James looked a bit old. Yeah. I think Lily was okay. Yeah, yeah. Lily was because the lady that played Lily, she it's not like she aged that much between the first and last movie. But the That's dude, right. who, the guy who played James, sure, he like he had a divorce. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all know that um the kid that played Goyle got arrested? Yeah. Twice. Yeah, for um the first time for like growing illegal um I guess like probably growing weed and then the second time he got caught looting at a riot in the UK somewhere. <laughs> I found that out today, dog. That's why he wasn't in the last movie. They replaced him with uh the black kid, Blaze. 
You know yeah, Blaise that. Blaze What 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 was the name? Blaze Sabini. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. I re- I looked at it today on um YouTube on I think it might have been Screen Rant, and they were talking about like twenty five things you might not have known about the Harry Potter world, and when they said that. Goyo got arrested, and that's why you didn't see him again. I was like, oh, that makes sense, but why not just bring the boy back for the, um, because all he had to do was die, or he just had to fall in the pit of fire. But he was also (laughs) not in the prisoner. I was just talking about this. He -hmm. was in the first two, and then the prisoner, he was, it was, they replaced him with another guy, and Mm -hmm. then he came back in the fourth movie. Right, only then to not really be seen ever again. (sighs) Exactly. I, I, I don't I don't get it, yo. And did you know that one of the okay, let me um reset. That. I would not trust Goyle to grow weed. I also wouldn't trust him. To <laughs> he probably burned his house down with fiend fire. Yeah, hundred and ten percent. Um, so my question I was going to propose to you guys was: This is a segment that I think I put another name to in a previous episode, but if you wrote it. Right? And Hippie, this is for you, but I'm going to give it to everybody in class. Max, this includes you as well. Who's one person that you would have killed? Who's one person that you would have kept alive despite everyone's feelings? Okay. I I think... Oh, you're going to go? Oh, no, no, no. After you. I would have killed probably Draco. I don't Whoa. feel like the Malfoys. Yeah, I don't feel like the Malfoys really lost anything. Yo, and I think I think Draco dying would mm-hmm. have, um, like, his parents would have really gone. Shit, we were really on the wrong side. Like, they didn't really lose anything. The people that were lost on that side, they didn't care about. They didn't right, lose anybody. Right. They cared about. Yo, so, that yeah, just- I think. I think either Draco or Narcissa, but I think Draco would have been a bigger impact. I agree with you on both of those things. I think Draco and Narcissa would have been, I actually like Narcissa better now that you say it, only because I feel like Draco was a really misunderstood character and I stand by that claim. I feel like Mm -hmm. Draco really wanted to be friends. You know what I'm saying? But he had been, you know, you know how it is. We've all met those people. It's like, oh man, if if you had different parents, you'd probably be a great human being. You know what I mean? But yes. until your parents die, you are going to suck, and that much is obvious. And that yeah. was... But my that, reasoning for it being Draco, mm-hmm. for the effect it would have on his parents. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I would love to see the effect that it would have on Harry. Because... Yeah. Go ahead, Will. Well, here's how little uh, Draco's parents grew from the whole thing. After Draco uh, graduates from Hogwarts... I don't know if he even graduated, but after he becomes an adult, he uh, marries a lady who's not, her family is not from the original 28, and her, his parents actually have a hard time adjusting, and the lady he marries, I don't remember her name, but I know that she has like a magical handicap that causes her to die young, and Draco mm-hmm. ends up being a single father, and uh, so the family does eventually just they get like their karmic yeah but it's it's still draco bro opportunity to grow. Yes. but it's still it's still draco that's the only one suffering where lucius if you remember in the um in the cursed child he just out making artifacts 
living <laughs> life, still rich. He he not in now, jail. This might surprise you guys, but I'm am not a fan of the cursed child. Oh no, that doesn't surprise us at all. I'm not a big yep. fan of it. I, not a fan. We we went to see the play. What was the biggest problem with it? just i don't like i don't feel like it's a part of the harry potter story like i don't mind it if i think of it as a separate entity but i don't like it as the continuation of the harry potter story see see yeah i don't we we got a consensus around here to where mm -hmm. i i don't i don't like what they did to the characters in the cursed child yes i don't like I hermione don't being a, a old bitter lady that's right why, why yeah. is hermione old and bitter why is somebody as goofy as ron so stiff and stuck up and why mm -hmm. is harry so miserable with jenny because they all and i all i don't think harry would have been a bad father no i don't like the animosity between him and his son and i don't think he would have been a bad father he was the picture of empathy i mean he had a very high emotional intelligence for a gryffindor boy not for the population but compared to dean thomas and ron mm -hmm. oh hundred percent. Like Hermione said, Ron and I think most of the people that went to Hogwarts had the emotional range of a teaspoon, <laughs> you know. And God knows that the acting in the first couple movies, well, they were children, you know what I'm saying? It was better than my yeah. acting now. But, you know, it left, it left some things to be desired. But when you think about it, right, and you think about what we just said. I'm trying to find my point. I lost it. <laughs> but... When you think about what we just said, right? If that's how it went down, then why wasn't Harry a good father? And why has nobody talking really talked about this? Because I mean, it's yeah. because really the problem with the cursed child is that they choose the wrong crux of the conflict. Like they make the conflict generational and about them as parents and as husband and wife, but mm -hmm. all of them were actually relatively equipped to be good parents. They're just all in the wrong careers. That's why they're miserable. Deep again, Will. Deep again. <laughs> you basically writing the Everybody Loves Raymond version of Harry Potter. I love it. <laughs> Max, what do you think, buddy? Okay. So, oh, wait, did Hippie say who she'd save, though? Oh, who would you save, Hip? I'm sorry. Um, I think I would save Sirius Black. What? Why? I'm serious. Because oh, I, the reason the reason the prisoner was my favorite movie and my favorite book is because I had that hope for Harry that he would finally move out of the Dursleys and go and live with Sirius. And I could just feel the joy that he felt thinking that. And then Sirius was taken away from him. Mm -hmm. That really bothered me. Do you really? OK. Me. OK. All right. So I, I love this. OK. I'm going to stay on this tangent. So having said that right now mm -hmm. with Sirius back because see here's here's my biggest problem with Sirius is that mm -hmm. Sirius was just a dick all around and he was a follower right and I I truly this I, I dislike people like that just in my everyday life right but okay. he was mean he was he was a follower and James Potter is one of the worst kinds of people because they twist the narrative to make it seem like they're good and because they're going against somebody who's a weirdo and hated by a particular group it's fine because that's basically what mm -hmm. bullying Snape was. He's a weirdo, yes. so it's fine. You're the right. jock. He's weird, and he's quote-unquote evil, so treat him how you want. So well, James viewed himself as a little messiah, exactly how, what Snape, Snape accused him of. James thought, James thought he was the chosen one. That was the irony. Harry was the chosen one. 
Right. Oh, there's the, the story is full of irony. The fact that James wanted to be an aura, he died. Harry becomes an order, a aura, and you think to yourself, why did Harry become that? You've been fighting dark wizards your whole life. The darkest of wizards. You don't want to break. <laughs> you don't want to yeah. break. I, look, hey, there's nothing negative about my life at 13 years old that I kept into adulthood. That's a, I mean, that's the thing that I do think that if James was allowed to live longer, he would have grown into a great person. I think he was on that trajectory. I think just like Draco, school represented his lowest point. Okay. Yeah, but see, actually, I agree with that. Yeah. We're talking about Sirius, though. Now, Sirius, he was, he was a very bad friend. Sirius was ruined by Juvie, though. Like, Sirius should have been on that same trajectory. Nah, bro. At the end of the day, you didn't trust Lupin, and that's one of the reasons why Peter Pettigrew got the password from the Potters in the first place. Well, Sirius is also, like, doing too much. Like, Sirius is like Kodak Black, where it's just like, dude, (laughs) chill out. Like, I love Kodak Black's music, but... Every single Instagram post, it's like, yeah, of course people are going to hate you. Yeah, 100%. You can't, you, first of all, first of all, serious. And I'll, I'll state this until we ain't doing the part of it no more. Is the reason for, serious is the reason for all his troubles, in my opinion. He went a little too overboard in moments when he shouldn't have. And he was a little too lax in moments that he shouldn't have been lax in. That's what got him killed. That's what got him sent to Azkaban. You just went running after fucking Wormtail and then saw him blow people up, turn into a rat, and you stood there? Why'd I chase him? Because from what I understood, <laughs> dogs run a lot faster than rats. Rats. Sirius was a choker, though. I mean, he choked with Bellatrix. Like, he wasn't... He, he just wasn't present enough. It wasn't about, like, being scared and choking. It was be- about being careless and choking. Well, right, because mm-hmm. according to all of the, like, folklore, Sirius is supposed to be one of the best duelists around. Yeah, Sirius is, like, one of those dudes that can beat anybody and lose to anybody. Yeah, anybody except He's us. overconfident. Very much overconfident. He's just like Bellatrix yeah. in that regard. Yeah. Very much I think so. Bellatrix is a lot more careful. I actually don't think Bellatrix ever slips up in the whole books. You mean, I mean until she fought Molly? <laughs> but well, Molly is better than her. That's because she underestimated Molly, though. Right, right. But Molly was going to beat her even if she didn't. Like, Molly was just better than her. That's that, that's that mom strength, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's but Bellatrix didn't think that Molly was better than her. Of course. And that was her mistake, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. You, when well, you go in and you underestimate your opponent, that's what happens. I'm sorry, Will, go ahead. That's right. So, uh, so speaking to you wanting to save Sirius Black, I have another person from that same family who I think is uh, equally deserving of saving, if not more so, another Black. First of all, I do want to say free Kodak Black. I think that it's a shame that Takashi 69 is out of jail and Kodak Black is still in jail. Oh, man, we, we ain't even going to get into that. Look, Cosby, Cosby had his lawyers like, hey, look, I'm blind. I'm 80. I just had a heart heart attack in here. Get that's me gr- out of here. That's a good point. Okay. You know uh, what I mean? <laughs> that's a great point. Okay. But going back to the, the member of that family, I would say Regulus deserves, like if Regulus came out of the woods, he was like one of those people, like 
Japanese soldiers from World War II that went into hiding and came out 50 years later? How dope would it be if Regulus was still alive? That I I wouldn't mind that. I, I would feel I would feel a way about him being alive the same as I would about Snake being alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if we find out that somewhere out there they're still around, you know what? Kudos for you to stay low, and I hope you find whatever it is you're looking for, or I hope you die peacefully like you'd like. What if Regulus came back and then him and Harry just vibed immediately? That'd I be. Doubt, I doubt that they would, because if you believe the cursed child version of Harry, he's an ornery adult <laughs> and regulus probably is just gonna go find creature and go around the world or something yeah, yeah. that would be that, that'd be a good buddy cop show regulus and creature it's a travel <laughs> show well we still got we still gotta write kingsley in uh in the aura academy so we gotta finish projects before we move on to next one. that's true <laughs> you wanna <laughs> play the you wanna play the versus game with us um hippie sure Okay, so now this is a bit of a, it's not a new segment, but we haven't talked about anything like it in a while. So basically, I'm going to give you two pairs, not two pairs, I'm going to give you a pair of wizards. They're going to duel, duel to the death. You tell me who you think would win and why. And again, Max is something that we're all going to share. So it's going to go me, Will, Max, and then we'll close on you, hippie. Alrighty. Perfect. So, so all y'all listen, let's see if we agree. Who would win in a duel between Bellatrix and Professor Flitwick fight to the death? For me, I pick Flitwick. And the reason I'm picking Flitwick is because I say this all the time. Professor Flitwick was like a dueling champion, right? And I feel like, especially in the, in the movie, there was a lot of things that were left underdone. And I feel like the development of the Hogwarts teachers was definitely that. People like Flitwick, people like uh, Madam Hooch from the first movie, and Professor Sprout definitely after Chamber of Secrets. They're all badasses, bro. They never really got the chance to showcase that. And that's something that bugged me. And in the Battle of Hogwarts, for some reason in my mind, I always slated Flitwick at around McGonagall level, right? Now, I could be overestimating them, but I don't think I am. So in a duel, I got him beating Bellatrix seven out of ten times with high, with low high difficulty. I can so, see him taking out Bellatrix. So I think That's that uh, Flitwick is a slightly better wizard than Bellatrix, even though I think they're both uh, criminally underrated just by most people when it comes to prominent wizards in the wizarding world. Like I think, you know, most people probably put them below somebody like Kingsley or even somebody like Mad-Eye, but I think that they're right there. Probably, they're probably above Mad-Eye, but probably a little below Kingsley. Um, I think that Flitwick is a little bit better than Bellatrix, but I also think that he would hold back. I think that he would just have a slight, difficulty killing a former student of his i think that there would be a moment where he'd try to get beltrix to surrender and he would be honorable and she would be dishonorable and you know sectum semper him or something get an advantage beltrix is low-key slow to use avada kedarva she doesn't actually want to kill people she's a little bit she's just a little bit uncomfortable with it she'd rather just torture you 
and then let Voldemort kill you. She's a lot more comfortable with that. But I think in this instance, she sees that Flitwick's better than him, does something dishonorable, and I think she beats him six out of ten times. What about, uh, what about you, Hippie Witch? Um, I think I'm going with Flitwick because um, he did the Battle of Hogwarts. I mean, he didn't die. He survived, and there's a lot of great wizards who did die. He was a dueling champion, and I also think Bellatrix would underestimate him, save as she did with Molly. So I have to go with Flitwick. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a very strong case for Flitwick. I think he's uh, the afterthought in terms of that Hogwarts staff that you end up being so pleasantly surprised when he's a dominant force at the Battle of Hogwarts. Um, it is interesting as a kid reading those books. I wonder if you found it this way as an adult, but when you're a kid, you think, oh, all of these kids are going to wreck shit. Like Fred and George are going to come in and put up numbers and Hermione's going to kill like 11 people. And then you're reading it for real and you get there and it's quite the opposite. It's like yeah. Harry is really the only kid that is not a liability that's an asset like molly is covering for Ginny. it's distracting her um lupin and tonks are you know probably covering for people like dean and ron and all these people all these kids are uh, are finding out that the real world is a lot more formidable than what they anticipate. And I was, I felt like I found that as, as a reader. Did you have a similar experience or was it Yes, different? absolutely. You, no, you thought it'd be like, kind of like Lord of the Rings where the heroes put up all the numbers and then it wasn't? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what, uh, was there any specific moments of that battle that, where that really uh, resonated or that jump out as more memorable than others? Mm. For me, one was, the biggest one was the death of Fred? Was it Fred? Yes, Fred is dead, it rhymes. Fred is dead. So you know which one died. <laughs> there you go! <laughs> That's how you remember. Because I had a hard time remembering. That's how I remember. Fred is dead. Yes, the way yeah. Fred and George talk to each other, it really mirrors the way Legolas and uh, the dwarf character in Lord of the Rings talk to each other. But then, mm -hmm. but in those, in Lord of the Rings, basically all of the heroes feel invincible. J.R.R. Tolkien kind of foreshadows pretty strongly who's going to die and who's going to live in, mm -hmm. in all those books. But when Fred died, I was like, wow, J.K. Rowling really does not care. Like all the... All the kids like me that go, I like that character, he's funny. It's going to break their hearts. And she yeah. goes, this is what's right. I, yeah. I, I, I really, like, just even hearing you talk about Fred dying, it takes me back to what you said about the Malfoys not suffering any real trauma, yo. Because it's like, mm -hmm. I, I'm a big proponent of the Weasley's been through a fucking enough. Yes. That family has been through enough. And the fact that JK has not confirmed that they ended up rich bugs me so much. So when, when you see that Fred died and Ron didn't have like, in, at least in the book, he had, had had that moment. He got to have that moment where he rightfully wanted to kill Death Eaters. The fact that they cut that out of the movie made me so mad because that was a mm -hmm. big 
point for Ron growing up in all of this. And finally, finally, after so long and being so deserving of a mental breakdown, he finally broke down. Because it's almost, look, it's, it's a book and I can't, I can't write half as well as J.K. Rowling can. I understand my place. Having said that, it's ridiculous to me that all of the heavy moments seem to have been left for Harry. When you have people like Ron yeah. showing their biggest moments of growth, but with their tail between their legs. Ron had to come back after deserting Harry and Hermione, which for all intents and purposes, even under the, 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 um, the grip of the Horcrux, I just feel like that's not the character of Ron that I had gotten used to in the books leading up to that point. Did anybody else feel that way or is that just me? What, you're saying that, um, which thing about Ron really uh, surprised me? It, it, it really made me upset that they decided to leave out a lot of Ron's big emotional scenes, right? In particular, the scene where after Fred gets killed, he's like, yo, I want to get back to Death Eaters, right? Yeah. That's, not in the, that's not in the film. Just yeah. like um, when Opportunity and Harry had that final conversation that definitely should have been in the movies it was gone so it's like they all the big um, they, they left it all out so it's like the biggest mm -hmm. emotional growth for any of the characters it was always harry and then maybe neville you know what i mean where ron and hermione like they were there but they were there i think ron had a great moment when he decided to go to the chamber of secrets i thought that was dope because it was all his idea yeah. and it worked but even that in the in the film it's kind of downplayed you know, and Ron, in my opinion, is very much almost not a forgotten character because he's one of the trio, but he doesn't get the accolades that Harry does and he doesn't get the praise that Hermione gets. So I just think it's a little bit. Um, Agreed. Yeah. It's a little bit annoying as a reader, especially because I'm pro Ron. Uh, shoot, that part got so good. I forgot what we was talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. This is what happened when we've been gone for a while. How long have we been gone, Maxie? I think we've been going, we started at like, we've been going about an hour. Beautiful. That's what I yeah. like. That's what I like. You enjoying yourself so far here? I absolutely am. I love it. hundred percent. So now yeah. let's go into, um, so around, around the board, we have two for Flitwick, one for Bellatrix when I asked that. All right. Who do you think would win between... Ten year great back and Tonks fight to the death. Oh, that one I think is Tonks ten times out of ten, and I think like Fenrir. It's just like a corny '80s movie where Fenrir walks into the room, says his catchphrase, stares her down, and gets his ass kicked. Right within like the first three spells. Yeah, <laughs> but here's something that you might not be taking into account, brother, is that. This dude, I don't know how he can uh, control his, um, what's it called, his werewolf stuff. But at the end of it all, if he can get in close, like if he has any speed, and of course we don't ever really get to know that, but if he has any speed and he can get up close to Tonks and disarm her physically, then he might be able to take it. But that I might be very heavy ass. First of all, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that 
Tonks is an unregistered anima guy. Okay. I don't know this to be true, but I know about Tonks's moral fiber, and I know that anybody who uh, cared about Lupin and knew the secrets of the Marauders would just go, I bet you Tonks did some shit where she just showed up one day as a pony or something. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, maybe, or maybe a female wolf. Yeah, that, no, probably. You're 100% that, right. That, 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 would, would, that would make more sense to me. I, I don't see why. <laughs> if, if I turn into a wolf and my lady turns into not a wolf, I'd be very upset. Yeah, no, she's probably, she could go no further than Coyote in it. It'd be unacceptable. <laughs> so, buddy, real quick, right? So, when we do this, we usually do the sunk, we usually do sunken ship, and then I see what if they were black, and then sorting Canada. Those are the last three. So, let's do if they were black. And our answer, our answer, our guy today is Grindelwald. So if he was black, how do I think he would have been? Now, Hippie, please remember, this is the PC generation that will soon be killed by the pandemic. I don't mean that, they, I don't mean they're going to catch it. I mean, the pandemic, after we get done with it, is going to be impossible to be offended by everything. But because this is going out in the midst of it, be as selective as you'd like to be with your answer. But because you're also not a public figure, have fun. So for me, in my opinion, if Grindelwald was black, A, he'd have more hoes than Dumbledore. I'm just saying it would be a string of people this ready. Dumbledore and Frank Ocean? <laughs> there you go. Dumbledore, Frank Ocean, insert name here. Whoever he wants, he would have a smorgasbord up. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I got another one for you. Yeah, for, it's just not what, like anybody with, you know, with. Go ahead, I'm listening to you. Oh, okay. Uh, you, remember, you remember that first part of uh, Grindelwald's backstory where he's just like a public figure and he's gather, you know, he's holding speeches and stuff about the greater good before he even really started taking any actions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the authorities would have arrested him during that part. Hilarious. <laughs> he would have been like, we can build a new world in Miami. And they would have been like, you're, you're going to jail. We're, if, we're if, if Fudge would have been like, you could take this mugshot in your image. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, and then his personality. I actually think his personality stays pretty much the same. He has one of those... Um, gross apocalyptic kind of ways of being and he has a very um Grindelwald has an energy that a lot of my friends who ended up being like stick-up kids had you know he was very intuitive he's very to his plan and he was very focused and he knew who was stronger than him and who wasn't because there was only certain people he would mess with he was doing his thing because he knew Dumbledore wouldn't be so ready to come at him yeah I also think that he has a little go for it sorry now, I was going to say, he could have been a great drug dealer here in Harlem. You know what I'm <laughs> I definitely could see Grindelwald out there in his robes selling stuff. I didn't know what, he, what he'd hustle, you know what I mean? But yeah, I could see him out there getting it done. Grindelwald would definitely be that drug dealer that's really loud about buying a few people turkeys on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I think, and I think he would have, um, Hippie, you tell me, did Voldemort kill Grindelwald? Yes. 
Yes. He did? Okay. Yeah. So if You're he right. I feel like I feel like if if um Grindelwald was black, that wouldn't have went down. I feel like he would have found I don't know if he was in jail by the time young Tom Riddle was already making a name for himself. But if he Dude. wasn't uh, imagine if Harry's out there hunting for horcruxes and then the news is like Voldemort tried to kill Grindelwald in prison and got killed. Voldemort's dead. I killed. But oh wow. All right. <laughs> So you can't do this to the imagination because we're so far into the podcast. I don't want it to be two hours long, but I'm going to run with this now. Uh, well, what you just said, right? I actually would have preferred if Grindelwald was the villain for Harry Potter instead of him being the villain for um, Dumbledore. Just because I feel like somebody like Grindelwald might have been able to actually entice Harry a little more. You know what I mean? Because there was no real... You mean instead of Voldemort? Grindelwald? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Saying instead of Grindelwald being Dumbledore's villain, he, he could be Harry's villain. Harry's villain. Harry's villain, but still... Vol- but he's Harry's villain, and du- he's still Dumbledore's problem. Y'all get, y'all get what I'm coming from? Yeah. So, problem that Dumbledore didn't handle back in the day, right? A lot, a lot similar to Voldemort. I'm dealing with all this because of mistakes you made in the past. But then to have somebody just as powerful as Dumbledore out there, because that's the one thing about Voldemort, where strong as he was, we all knew he wasn't a match for Dumbledore, right? So it's kind of hard to have him be as intimidating as we knew him to be, because you knew if he showed up in Hogwarts, Dumbledore was going to handle that. You know what you know I'm what, saying? You know what they should have done? Hmm. Is uh, or what they could have done. I mean, I'm, I should never tell Jacob Rowling she should have done. We, we, we the two of us as we sit in our apartments telling a billionaire what she should have did <laughs> with her book. But another yeah. way that it could have manifested is they could have had a. They could have had Voldemort break Grindelwald out of jail and make yes. him. Yes. Why? And would then you- the idea being that Dumbledore was abstinent for decades for this guy who doesn't even care about him. Oh, man. Voldemort, oh, yeah. showing, Voldemort showing up to the school with Grindelwald. He don't even want to duel. He just want to say, he don't even care about you. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't wrote him in 20 years. And then you can have, like, Dumbledore kill Grindelwald, Voldemort kill Dumbledore, and then Harry Essa, or something like that. Would be epic, but you know the way it was was pretty good too. It was pretty good, but you know that that's one of those things where it's like if I wrote fan fiction, I definitely would write that story because I again Grindelwald was such an enticing character. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like Voldemort from what I remember, but I could be wrong. Either y'all can correct me at any time, but he seemed like he wasn't just for like straight out going in to kill Muggles. He seemed more. Kind of like a skewed Malcolm X. And I apologize if I'm speaking out of turn because I don't remember too, too much of Grindelwald. So I'm kind of going off just what, you know, I could readily um, get from my brain. But he just seemed like a much better speaker. And because if he was the villain, and let's say Harry's parents didn't get killed the way they got killed, they still ended up dead. They didn't get murked by um, the big bad. But somebody, maybe somebody that works for him, I think that kind of makes sense. Because then we can get to see the kind of scenes we didn't get in Harry Potter. Like, Voldemort never really tried to appeal to Harry too, too much. He kind of already knew Harry wasn't with the things that he was with. 
Well, he had the prophecy, so he knew how he knew generally they had to be in opposition. Got you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. In in my mind, at least as we sit here on the 22nd of April, I would have preferred to have Grindelwald. I'm sorry I cut everybody off by something. No, no worries. Uh, Hippie Woods, did you have anything to add for if Grindelwald was black? Um, No, I think I agree with Nico. I think he'd be pretty much the same. The only thing is, I don't think he would have waited for Dumbledore to go after him. I think he would have gone after Dumbledore. That's my girl. There you go. Yeah. There you go. She might be the first guest that's done if they were black right. (laughs) (laughs) Right and smart. The funny thing is, you're the only non-comedian I think we've had on to do this, and you did it better than all of us. Oh, like if, lovely. If you did, if you did show business, you'd definitely not get canceled. Yeah, most of, <laughs> most of us comics are just like, if Grindelwald were black, he'd have a blinged out triangle on his chain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Will, you ain't never gonna work in us enough. All right. Um, let's see what else we have. Oh shit, are we here already? Let's do. The sunken ship. So okay. sunken, sunken ship, if you're new to the pot of hood, we take a relationship that was, um, you know. In the fan fiction it, universe. In the, from the fan fiction verse. And we, you know, we try to either make a case for it or make a case against it. So for this one, I, I don't know why, but when we found out that we were having you on, everybody got, oh, I can't speak for Will. I got nervous, like, we need some good topics, right? So I went to look up shit. I'm looking up top 25s, and I found top 25, not top 25, I'm sorry, the top 10 Harry Potter relationships that people wish happened versus the 10 that they don't understand at all. So one of the ones that they thought should have happened was (laughs) Sirius and Lupin. Go. What do y'all uh, think? No. I, I yep. I just think Tonks no. had a better influence. Nice. Nice. Nice and simple. You just think Tom is the better influence? No, Tonks, Tonks is the better influence. Tonks I'm sorry. Tonks, yep. And Hippie, how about you? No, I don't like it. I, I think Sirius is a ladies' man. Mm-hmm. I can't see him with Lupin at all. Gotcha. And, and, and that's the thing about the fan fiction world to where it's like, Dog and the lady that was saying this, it was on like maybe Watch Mojo or something. And you ever hear people, it's probably people listen to our podcast feel this way, but you ever hear people say something about something you care about and you go, Yo, do not allow these people to ever talk about our thing again. That's how I felt <laughs> watching those videos when she <laughs> said, Yeah, looping. I, I said, What are you talking about? How would that ever work? First of all. If you look at the sheer text of the story and you remember the fact that Sirius didn't trust Lupin. Yes. So it already wouldn't be able to work out. Yeah. It's if it all- did happen, it would have happened when they were in school. But yes. even then, I don't see it. Yeah, I no. could see Sirius, though, as like a prince type where he's like a very flirty bisexual man. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but just he's not nearly as good he thinks he's really good at guitar and he's always playing Prince songs but he's that good <laughs> well if you if you have magic and you still can't play the guitar 
Then it's time to give it up, dog. Time to give it up. You suck, and magic can't make you better. It's a great point. He, yeah. should, he should quit. He really only does it as a move. In Fair my enough. I, I, your, your imagination, like, I would hate to be stuck there. <laughs> well, I have a vivid, I a vivid, vividly scary imagination for a grown adult man. That's, I do. You're right. <laughs> I, I agree with me. So... <laughs> All right. See, I, I, I knew it was going to be quick answers on that one. But how about this? Draco and Hermione. Uh, no, I think... Actually, okay. As adults, if... I, I can see that working, dog. You couldn't? I could. Okay, tell me how. Because I, I could kind of see it, too. I could see it going either the reverse um, Snape and Lily, or I see it going James and Lily. Because Lily did not like James Potter. Lily did not like James Potter. Now, the big difference mm. is, is that they didn't have, um, Lily and James didn't have the blow up that Snape and Lily had, right? Where Snape called her a mudblood or something like that. Or half-blood, he called her something. He called her a name she didn't like. And she ran off, right? They not want to speak to him again. Hermione and Draco already have that. And how many times have we seen, whether in our own personal lives or lives of friends, where the people that were mean to each other in school, they didn't get along, you turn around either by the end of high school or you look on Facebook one day, it's like, when they got together. Yeah. And I feel like it would be one of those like relationships that was kind of kept in secret that Ron and Harry don't know about. And when they find out, they're really upset, but they have to get over it. Yeah. I mean, really... It's better for the group long term for Hermione and Ron not to be together. But yes. the difficulty is that Ron and Hermione have not met people that they're more compatible with than each other at Hogwarts. But that doesn't mean those people aren't out in the world. Right. Which was so ridiculous to me that they had such a small sample size for three basic, like, like they were superstars. I mean, Harry yeah, I mean, Ginny is the worst one ever. Ginny is who uh, I would have killed in the Battle of Hogwarts because that is just not... Ginny is supposed to be an idea, like the idea of the high school girlfriend. The idea that you would marry your high school girlfriend mm -hmm. when your relationship hinges on her idolization of you in a very immature way, it just makes no sense. And Harry was best, or his second best female friend, he was incredibly compatible with on every level, which was mm -hmm. Luna. Luna, yeah. I love Harry and Luna. That I would like. Oh, we're we're big fans of that here. Big yeah, fans. Yeah. I think if Luna didn't end up, it doesn't end up with Neville. It should be Harry because no, yes. nobody, nobody else understands what it's like to live that type of life. You know, yeah. with, ev with everything that goes on and that they've been through. Um, and the last sunken ship that we have in this well, let's one. Let's do a yeah. Was uh <laughs> all right. I all right. I'm just gonna say it. So these idiots decided that it would be a good idea if Tonks and Lupin never got together at all. That shouldn't happen, and it made no sense. That's insane. And and, and I, I knew you would say that, Hippie. What do you think? Do you think Tonks and Lupin would have ended up together anyway, or do you think it was a bit out of nowhere? No, no, I like them together. I think they would have ended up together. Thank you. These people yeah. like, oh, 
make any sense because you know she's a werewolf. Where would they find the time? It's like idiots. They were in the aura together. They were in, not the uh, aura. They yeah. were in the order, order together. Order. Yeah. Yeah. These people were sharing like their lives with each other. And yeah. Tom yeah. fully got what Lupin was. Like she saw him more clearly than he saw himself. Yeah. And you, she understood him. Deeply. And one of the biggest tragedies, in my opinion, of the um, final Harry Potter book is that right after the Weasleys, Lupin just kept taking L's, man. If he's not the most tragic story of the Marauders, he's definitely up there because he died last. Mm -hmm. He had to lose everybody and left his son an orphan when, of all the people, he probably is the only person that deserved a happy ending. But his son is like an elite Quidditch player who's like a ladies man himself like his son i'm not saying that you know it balances out but at least his son because of all of the good friends that lupin made during his life his son had an infrastructure around him to ensure his success 110 percent. but i still feel like that's why did we have to make another harry potter at the end of harry potter if we weren't going to jump into the life of this new harry potter where's the teddy lupin uh movie if we're not going to get that then give him his parents back Right that, <laughs> right that somebody made a one-time-only spell that brings Lupin and Tom's back. That'd I mean, be interesting. They basically did that in Cursed Child. They did the reverse of that, so why not? Yeah, why not? We ain't got nothing else to lose. I got one more. Uh, I do have one more sunken ship. Let's uh, take another one. I think one. that this one is great because, you know, Hippie Witch, one, or her favorite character is Hermione, and... Uh, her, our first interaction with her was her letting me know that I was confusing Fred and George over and over. And a lot of people in the, on the uh, fan fiction community, they put Hermione with either Fred or George. And then, you know, there's some Ew. people out there that put Hermione with both of them as a pair. Oh, what? All right. So I'm going to let no. Hippie handle that. What you think? No. I don't see it. I don't think, I mean, Hermione can be fun, but I don't think that she would tolerate their constant shenanigans. I really don't. I mm -hmm. think it would drive her crazy. No, they could be like Harry met Sally, you know, like they hate each other. <laughs> they love each other. No, I can't see it. I don't. <laughs> I like how matter of fact it was like, no, no, no. Imagine it. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> what about after the battle of Hogwarts? When you get depressed, George, who's drinking? Nope, still no, because... No, I still don't see it, no. I don't think George is that much of a predator, you know what I mean? Like Victor Crumb. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, that whole thing was weird. That's the one thing that the lady who should never talk about Harry Potter again said that I thought about for the first time. I was like, oh, right, I forgot. He was a, of age, like, you know, Quidditch star, and Hermione was basically 14. Well, he was 17, but yeah, it is... It is Weird. That's, yeah. you, you, you old enough to apparate, dog. You shouldn't be talking <laughs> to that lady. Yeah. yeah. If you can apparate, you shouldn't be dating anyone who can't apparate. That, that, <laughs> see, that's that's the that's the father of a daughter right there. Good on you, Will. <laughs> Good on you. So we made it to our final segment of the show. Real Before quick, we, real quick. You know, at some point, Ron told a girl that he could apparate and picked her up in the flying car. As you should. As you should. I just told her, look, I drive a flying car. 
You know, er everybody else got brooms, but I said I needed side protection and wheels. <laughs> hey, do you think Arthur Weasley ever cheated? I don't. No. no. Y'all got higher hopes than me, man. Do you know. think he cheated? I don't know. There's a part of me that feels like he could have. There's a part of me that feels like Molly could have. They probably like I was gonna say I could see Molly cheating more than I could see Arthur cheating. I I I, 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 I could see it going both ways. I think they Arthur both do can't it. man. She has the clock. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it would just say cheating. <laughs> None well, of them can not where he's supposed to be. That's well, hilarious. Well done. All right. So, Will, I'll let you take us into the closing segment, bro. Who we sort? We're we're sorting uh, the the host nation of uh, of Hippie Witch, who is you know one of the favorite fans of the show. We're sorting Canada. We're sorting the entire country of Canada. Who better than I'll, us? I'll go first as somebody that knows little about Canada. I've been to Montreal. I think I made a stop in Quebec. I think I said that right. I hope I did. Um, yes. when, I, when I went for the Montreal Comedy Festival, I had a wonderful time. Um, I don't think weed was legal up there yet, so I haven't got a chance to experience that. So I'm going to put Canada, because it's a country that's directly almost like related to ours in a way. And I've always seen Canada as kind of like America's... Uh, Canadians, I'm going to say this, and you have every right to yell at me for it, but y'all have always felt like our little sister who doesn't need the help that we act like it needs. I, I'm per perfectly sure you all can fight for yourselves, but America likes talking a lot of shit. Like, we're the big dog in the North Americas. You know what I'm saying? So, for that reason, I sort Canada into Hufflepuff. You know what I mean? And I sort Canada into Hufflepuff because the people there are very nice. They seem to be very loyal. You know what I mean? They love their national anthem, even though Lord knows I don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> only because only I don't know the words after. Oh, Canada. You know it to Canada. Da, 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 da. da it I is slow. It's what? It's a slow national anthem. It doesn't move as much it as is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Like, And I don't even like it. doesn't have a good beat. Doesn't have a good beat. You can't dance to it. You can't even whip your slaves to that. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny, Nico, before you sorted Canada, I made my list and it's identical to everything you said. Get out of here, really? Hufflepuff. Yes, I swear. I put ah! us in Hufflepuff because we're kind, loyal. Mm -hmm. We're always apologizing. Yes. <laughs> exactly what you said I have written down before you said it. Look at that. I don't know. I think... I think it's a little Slytherin-ish how America was right there and then Ooh. you guys showed up. There you go. There you go. Get him, Will. I'm Get joking. Him. I'm joking. I actually think the opposite. I think that a lot of times people think of America as a Gryffindor country and Hufflepuff and Canada as the Hufflepuff country. Mm -hmm. But I think it's more inverted on an individual level. Like the Canadians I know mm -hmm. are all very uh, – they all think as individuals and they all – they, the Canadians I know, I mean, I have cousins in, uh, in Montreal, Toronto, and London, Ontario, and uh, they all think a lot about right and wrong, and uh, 
I don't know. They're Canadian Jews are also a weird group. Like a bunch of them moved to Israel. They're great people though, but I, I'm going to go Gryffindor for Canada. You're going Gryffindor for Canada. Okay. So that's Gryffindor versus two Hufflepuffs. Hey, Max, are you still with us? I am. Where are you sorting Canada, buddy? Uh, from the beginning, I thought it was also Hufflepuff. I got to go with, uh, with yeah. Well, let me say that I'm going to put, uh, Quebec and Beaubaton. Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put, I'm going to put Montreal and Durmstrang just because of the strip club. (laughs) We glossed over that though, but, uh, Hippie Witch, are you familiar with the Just for Laughs uh, festival? Um, I have heard of it. Yeah, that's uh, uh, so Nico. If, uh, when comedy is legal again, you got to go to the festival, yo. It's really okay. a great time. It's the really most prominent comedy festival in the world. It's uh, it's a great festival. Yes, awesome. and, and I think it's at like ha 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 dot com. But y'all, we did it. Yeah, this Amazing. has been episode three of the quarantine. This has been episode three of the quarantine. Hippie Wish, thank you so much for joining us. Um, real quick, is there anything that you want to say to the people? Mm, nope. Go read some Harry Potter. There you go. Go read some <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> go read Hippie. Harry Potter. Again, thank you so much. You're the first person that's a fan on the show that we've had on the show. Thank you. I'm for, honored. Thank you for being willing to reach out to us. Yeah. We appreciate you. And we want more people. If oh, you feel, Thank you for having me. Anytime. We want more people. If y'all feel the itch to reach out, reach out. Me and Will don't bite. You know what I'm saying? And we're looking for more of that anyway. So if you listen to the Potterhood podcast, reach out to me, reach out to Will. Will, where can they find you? They can find me at Will Posnan on Instagram. And uh, they have been. I've gotten some people sending me some nice messages. So keep doing that. Thank you. Good man. Max, where can they find you? They can find me on all social media at Max Marcus Comedy. There you go. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at NicoWhite93. That is N-E-K-O-W-H-I-T-E-9-3. I have a new album coming out on May 8th, which is my birthday. Pre-sale begins on the 28th, which is this coming Tuesday. If I don't know when this is going out, but whenever you guys... Listen to this. My new comedy album, Marcellus, M-A-R-S-C-E-L-L-U-S, will be available everywhere on sale on Friday, May 8th, my 27th birthday. Go, go buy 27 copies of my album so I can make some money during this pandemic. But no, the real reason why I'm putting this out is because the people that support me, I want you to be able to have something for me to hopefully help get you through. And... That will be the Potterhood podcast and my album, Marcellus. So make sure you pick that up. Um, And after that, y'all, this has been episode three of the Potterhood podcast, Quarantine Edition. I'm Nico White. I'm Will Posnan. One, two, three. Mischief Match.